Welcome to the Agent of Wealth podcast with Mark Boudis from Boudis Financial. In this podcast, Mark helps guide you towards financial freedom, ensure you never run out of money, and create a balance in life that prioritizes what is most important to you. Join us for this journey as Mark draws from years of expertise and guest experts to solve the multiple wealth building challenges involved in your financial life. Welcome back to the Agent of Wealth. This is your host, Mark Bowdis. As we start the new year, it's a good time to take a look at your finances and see if there's anything you can do to improve them. Some people are motivated to look at things in the beginning of the year. And for some people who've never taken a deep dive into analyzing what they're doing financially, there's no better time than now. So to help with putting some structure into or onto what to look at, we're sending out an interactive checklist to our clients with different topics to consider around the areas of personal financial issues, cash flow issues, asset and debt issues, tax issues, insurance, and legal issues. So on today's episode, we'll talk a little bit about each of those areas and some of the things to consider when it comes to improving your financial situation. The way we recommend utilizing this checklist is by going through it, checking off anything where you may need to take action or something, a topic that you're not sure if you need to take action. And the cool thing about the checklist being interactive versus just a PDF is that when someone goes through it they and they finish it, an alert is sent to us with the areas that they check off. We'll then match that with things we may have identified on our side that may be relevant for us to discuss. And comprehensively, we can go through everything and see if there's anything that someone needs to take action on. Everyone's different on how they'll approach financial planning. Some people want to knock everything out at once. Some people can get overwhelmed with that approach. They give up and they get nowhere. The checklist we're sending out now, it's somewhat general in that it covers those six topics that I mentioned above. But instead of just sending out this at the beginning of the year, and then we send one out at the end of the year, what we're doing is each month, we're going to also send out a checklist or flowchart on one of those financial planning topics to tackle. So some of the other financial planning areas will include what account should I consider if I want to save more? What issues should I consider when reviewing my RMD? As someone who is working, what should they consider when reviewing their tax return? What should someone consider when reviewing cash flow? What should they consider when updating their estate plan, reviewing their investments, reviewing their employer-provided benefits, reviewing their property and casualty or health and life insurance policies? And really, it's it's up to you. You can go with the monthly flow and take one of these each month to tackle or bunch them up and do them all at once or do a bunch of them each each quarter. It really just depends on your preference, your schedule. But, you know, obviously the end goal of this is we just want to make any improvements in any areas that are applicable to you. And it's one thing that's, that we recommend that someone updates their estate plan. But the way that these checklists can help is they list the different things to consider when doing it and help prepare for any discussions we may need to have around a particular topic. So let's start with this month's checklist, which is issues I should consider at the start of the year. And we'll specifically look first at the personal issues section. So one of the first questions that it asks is, do you need to assess the progress you made towards your goals last year? Everyone wants to know how they're doing. A lot of people think about it in terms of their portfolios and what percentage gain or loss did they achieve last year. And of course, that's good to track and good to know. 
But it's important to look beyond that. You want to actually see these these investments are or the portfolio is for a purpose. It's to do something. And for most people, it's to help them achieve their goals. And so that's the end result. That's what you really want to track is, am I still on track for my goals? Not that I get 6%, negative 2%, 20% return for a particular year. Like I said, it's all good to know, but um, it's probably not the most important thing. You want to look at that percentage return and did that or does that or does anything else that you did or didn't do in the year, does that impact you achieving your your goals for the year? Have you identified new goals for this year or for the future? We see a lot of people where we create a financial plan, things change, your personal circumstances change, your goals often change too. You may want to look at retiring five years earlier. Can you do it? Or if one spouse wants to retire or can you buy, you may want to buy a lake house or shore house or help pay for a grandchild's education. And you want to know, can you do it? And what is the other impact if you do? Are there any life events that are likely to occur for yourself or your immediate family? That could be like a move, a change in job, a marriage, divorce, birth, a death, higher education, retirement, illness. And the reason why life changes get highlighted as you know something to really pay attention to, it's because they often come with financial decisions that you have to make. And a lot of time, people make those decisions in a vacuum. They just look at the specific decision and they really don't consider what else that decision impacts and what are all the pros and cons of that, uh, of, of one of the, you know, making one a decision versus another and really looking at it analytically and, and determining the decision specifically, but also the big picture and how it, how does it impact everything else going on? So one of the topics I wanted to highlight in the cash flow section is do you need to confirm that you're adequately saving towards your goals? You know, again, this is going back to the goals that we talked in the, in the previous section. Your goals are most likely to require some kind of funding. You know, sometimes it could be a lump sum funding, but a lot of times it's a specific amount of funding that's broken into each year so that it's manageable. So you should be clear on how much you need to save or how much you need to commit to each, to funding each goal every year. You know, just as an example, it might be you need to save $5,000 towards your kid's education, $10,000 annually towards retirement. $3,000 to make extra payments towards your mortgage and $5,000 to beef up your emergency fund. And obviously that's just an example, but you want to look and make sure that you're saving towards that. And, And if you didn't, why? And can you get back on track this year? One of the things I hear really frequently with people is that they want to look at their spending and they're not sure where their money's going and, you know, they're making a lot of money, but they look at, you know, where they ended up at the end of the year and nothing is left over. So there are a couple of ways to do that. You know, obviously the one is you can track every dollar that, that went out. This is exercise is painful, but I probably recommend that someone does it at least once to get a feel for exactly where their money is going. A lot of credit card companies will send out an end-of-year spending summary that categorizes your spending. If you put a lot of your purchases on your credit card, it shouldn't be that hard to piece in the rest of your spending to really get an accurate picture of where your money went. You can also use our portal to automatically categorize your, your spending transactions. Now, if that's not feasible or something that you want to or can do, Another option is to focus on the other side. Let's go back to the savings and let's focus on on that. So one thing that you can start with is just calculate what your savings rate is. So this is simply how much are you saving each year combined into any type of savings vehicle divided by your annual income. So for example, let's say you're saving $5,000 in your 401k, 2,500 in a bank account and 2,500 in an investment account. So that means you're saving a total of $10,000 for the year. If your income is $100,000 per year, your savings rate is 10%. If your income is a $1,000,000 per year, your savings rate is 1%. Now, 
the next question that someone will ask is, well, what, so what should my savings rate be? Everyone's optimal savings rate is different. It depends on how old you are, what your goals are, what's your financial situation currently. One rule of thumb for retirement is if you save 10% per year toward retirement from when you start working to when you stop working, you'll probably be okay in retirement. Now, not everyone is listening to this or starts as soon as they graduate college or as soon as they start getting getting a job. So it means that everyone's in a different situation. So everyone, like I said, everyone's savings rate will be different. Now, one thing, if you know someone is looking to make improvements and they just want to focus on one thing, a really great goal or great exercise would be calculate what your savings rate was last year and set a goal to improve it this year. So let's say you did save 10% last year. Try and target saving 15% this year and just figure out what you need to do to save 15%. If it was 2% last year, try and save 5% or 7% this year. Again, it's going to that, how can I make constant improvements or, or you know, how can I improve my, my situation? This is one that's very straightforward, very easy to identify. Now, it may not be easy to necessarily rein in your spending so that you can save an extra 5%, but at least you know and you have now have that decision to determine hitting these goals is is important to me and now you can prioritize some people the way they approach it is they'll look at their spending in the previous year and based off of what's left over they calculate how much they can save based off of that so that's somewhat like a, what a business will do with their profit sharing plan well they're at the end of the year they run their books and they see what's left over and then they determine if they want to either pay out a dividend or save in a save some some other way and the approach is fine but you may want to look at taking a profit first type of approach. So that starts with how much you should be saving in each area that needs saving and then base your spending off of that. It's kind of flipping it upside down and, and focusing on saving first, that whole pay yourself first mentality. And then, you know, everything else is based off of that. In the asset and debt section, there are a lot of things to consider, especially with investments. So one of them is, do you need to rebalance your portfolio, and particularly your 401k? A lot of 401k allocations got out of whack this year with what went on in the markets. Now it's an opportunity to get back on track, which means looking at what your strategy was or what should it be, and how far did your allocation stray from that, and what do you have to do to rebalance it or put that back into the appropriate buckets? From a tax perspective, you may want to look at the different accounts you have. Most likely they're going to be taxable, which means any interest, gains, dividends you're paying tax on in the year that you've earned them. Tax deferred means any gains, interest, dividends, uh, you do not have to pay tax in the year that you uh, receive them. They can be reinvested in the account. But at some point in the future, that's where the deferred piece comes in. You're going to pay tax on them. And then tax-free, which means it's in this shielded umbrella that there's no tax that's going to be owed on it, you know, as long as it meets certain qualifications, for example, like a Roth IRA. And then you want to look at the different types of assets or investments that you have in each of those accounts. For example, if you have an investment that's expected to be high growth, that's you know the, the price of the investment is, is expected to grow over time, that may be a good candidate for a tax-free vehicle like a Roth. Depending upon your tax bracket, you probably want to keep investments that generate ordinary income outside of a taxable account because that's where you'll potentially pay the most tax on them. Some investments may kick off dividends. If they're qualified, they're taxed one way. If they're not, they're taxed another way. Some may generate capital gains. Again, if they're 
long-term, short-term, they're all taxed differently. So you want to look and see what investments belong in what account and just make sure that they're they're in there. It's really like creating a your portfolio strategy over your entire portfolio. What I see some people is they have all these disparate accounts and they have different things or sometimes overlapping things or sometimes the same things in a different account and it's not really strategically done. You might also want to look at your strategy with your mortgage. One of the popular questions I've received over the years is, whether someone should take extra cash that they have and pay down the mortgage or invest it. You know, let's say they have a mortgage interest rate around 3%. They would look to see what stocks were doing. And this was prior to 2022 and stocks were generating a pretty decent return. It's not an apples to apples risk comparison, as we've seen this year, because stocks can decline. But now it, there's a different way to look at it. It's a different decision. If someone still has a mortgage in the twos or the threes, but now you can get four to four and a half percent in a CD or treasury bill, where the risk is minimal, now the risk is closer to closer to an apples to apples decision. And then you want to look at the different things that come along with it. Like, are you getting a tax deduction for the interest you're paying on your mortgage? Or, you know, what's the tax you would owe on that four and four and a half percent? And so now it's a little bit of a different decision, but it's still a decision that you have to make is what do I do with this extra, extra cash? You may also want to create a plan for eliminating any debt or specific debt that you have this year. Um, especially if you have loans that are at a variable interest rate, because the rate you're paying now, it's probably a lot higher than what you were previously paying. It could be on like a HELOC, a personal loan, a business line, but you want to look to see if does it make sense to create a plan for paying it off. And again, that's like that what we just talked about with the mortgage and taking extra cash. If, if you have extra cash, you want to look, what is the best place for this cash? How can I get this cash working best for me. And there are different options from investing in all different types of things to the other side of the balance sheet and look at paying off some of the liabilities and all kinds of things to consider with liquidity, with risk, with taxability of what you're doing. And you want the way we approach it is look at the pros and cons of each different option. And sometimes it's, it's using the cash in multiple options, but that's what we look at is how do we best utilize this cash to make it work for you? And what we've seen over time is a lot of people will just keep it in a bank account. And at the time it was earning, you know, 0.01 or 0.02% interest while there were other things that they could be doing to optimize it. In the legal issue section, there's an item on the checklist that says, have any new laws gone into effect that might impact your financial plan? Well, there is a potential big one this year in Secure Act 2.0. Um, so we're still trying to figure out what is going to be finalized in that bill, but it looks like there's going to be a lot of impact or some impact to retirement savings. And you want to know if it'll impact you or if it's going to change anything that you have or can do. The checklist that we send out, it may seem similar to the one that we send out at the end of the year. That checklist really focuses on some things that you have uh, December 31st deadlines, um, as well as things that you should look at at least once a year. But, you know, if you missed out on doing some of those year end things, it may not be too late to look at them. Like tax loss harvesting is an example. And that's realizing some of the losses on some of your investments. And that way you can or may be able to deduct some of those losses on your tax return. Roth conversions are another one. The reasons for con uh, converting to a Roth may still hold true, even though we're going into 2023 and 2022 is past us. So even though some of those year end deadlines passed, some of this stuff still makes may make sense to look at. And if even if you've done, done some of these in 2022, it may make sense to continue doing them in 2023. So everyone wants to get off to a good start in the new year, especially when it comes to finances. You know, it can be sometimes overwhelming. You're not sure where to start. It could be start with something small, like just get yourself set up on a portal where you can see a complete picture of what's going on in your finances. I always remember 
a University of Texas graduation ceremony where the commencement speech was by uh, an admiral in the Navy, Bill McRaven, and he made a famous speech. And one of the things he said was, make your bed every day, first thing in the morning. And you do that because as simple as it is, it gives you a win or an accomplishment to start the day. You want to do the same thing with getting your finances order. If you have trouble really tackling some of this stuff, pick something easy, get an easy win and gain some momentum. This checklist, it's a, it's a good place to put some focus on the topics that you should be looking at. Uh, you can get a copy of the checklist at bowdisfinancial.com, start of year checklist. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Agent of Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Boutis Financial. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only and is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial planning and investment advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investments and financial planning. 